0: everyone. Welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm excited to welcome Kristen Jensen to the show. Kristen is the founder of ProtectYoungMinds.org, and she's the author of Good Pictures, Bad Pictures and Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Jr., Today, we're going to be discussing the incredibly important topic of porn proofing your kids. It's truly stunning and deeply distressing to know how many children are confronted with images they don't want to see every single day. And as parents, we need to protect them, but also to equip them to know what to do if they do encounter something they know they shouldn't look at. Kristen's resources give parents a can-do plan to share with their kiddos, and I'm really excited to let you hear from her today. Before we dive into my my conversation with Kristen Jensen though, I wanted to give a proper thanks to our sponsor on today's podcast, Alpha Omega Publications. You can simplify your entire homeschool year right down to the shopping with complete grade sets from Alpha Omega Publications containing all student books and teacher's guides available per grade level, each curriculum set contains everything you need to help your child succeed in up to five subjects. Best of all, you can save 15% now, plus get free shipping on all your favorite curriculum the whole month of May. Call 1-800-622-3070 or shop online today at aop.com. So now, without further ado, let's dive right into my conversation with Kristen Jensen of ProtectYoungMinds.org. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. We really have so much to talk about here as we dive into the topic of protecting young minds and even those that are very, very young. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on kind of introductory stuff, but I wanted to ask you first of all, because I've heard this a lot. What do you say to people who think that their children are too young or that, you know, it's not, that's something they can think about tomorrow when it comes to protecting their children from pornography and all this bad stuff?
1: Well, thank you so much, Leslie. It's great to be here with you today. What I encourage parents to think about is um, kind of an analogy. You know, when it comes to dangers with their young children, We are very careful to teach them about good touches and bad touches or safe touches and unsafe touches. We want to teach them about, you know, don't touch the hot stove. Don't drink the poison, that kind of thing. Um, Even as they get, you know, playing and running around as toddlers, we teach them to never run out into the street. But when it comes to pornography, which is truly, one of the worst dangers for a child's young mind that will follow them for could be decades and and their whole life, this potential addiction. We, we put it off. It's uncomfortable. I get it. So I would say that, that um, we need to think about that our society protects young children from, for example, smoking, drinking. We don't let an eight year old go to the store and buy beer or cigarettes, uh, we protect them pretty well from drugs, but um, we don't protect them well from pornography. Any mm-hmm. child with a device that uh, connects with the internet can be um, can access pornography and can be accessed by predators. So it's so important that we begin to basically inoculate their minds, right? From the porn pandemic. We, we need to make sure that they are prepared. Um, and that is what I've dedicated my work to is helping parents do that. So kids aren't caught off guard because I don't know about you, Leslie, but when I'm caught off guard, I don't do so well.
0: Yeah. Well, but your if reaction- I have a plan. Yep. Well, I, um, you know, one of the things I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in a another podcast that I recorded about a similar topic. It wasn't about pornography, but it was about protecting our children online. When you know, we have we have by God's grace been very, very fortunate in that our children have, have largely been protected, have largely stayed away from the the pitfalls of the internet and you know things that come through their phone and stuff like that. But when my one of my boys was about ten years old, he was playing on a a game, a very innocent gaming site on my computer, no less, which had filters, which had you know Wi-Fi filters built in, all the all the things. Um, but he got a cartoony pop-up ad on that game site that I knew he was playing on, <laughs> and he clicked on it, and it was it was a pornography site that it took them to. And he had no idea what hit him. Um, you know, you see, when I looked at the history, he just popped right off. But but he also popped right back on because it was like you know when something is so weird. Um, but then he popped right back off again. Um, but but. I want to talk, uh, I want you to address a little bit about, you know, I was dumbfounded. My child was protected. It wasn't going to happen to him. He was too young. I didn't think that this was a thing I needed to be worried about yet. And yet they came after my son. How big of a problem do you think it is for parents who think that it's it's too early or it couldn't happen here? I've got filters. I've got whatever.
1: Right. So what we would really love to do as parents is to, to raise our children kind of in this sheltered kind of bubble, right. To keep all the, you know, naturally as parents, we want to protect them. But when I talk about protecting young minds, right. Protect young minds. I'm really talking about, um, preparing their minds so that they can protect themselves, yeah. preparing their minds. Um, It's, it's so important that we don't believe, first of all, here's a common myth. My kid would never be interested in that. Yeah. And Leslie, if you have, if none of your kids have ever had a problem with this, you are in the minority. Yep. From what I can tell, because I've talked with so many good, good, good parents, devoted and, and, you know, working so hard and yet this has happened to them in fact the reason i started to write good pictures bad pictures uh, is because of a homeschooling family and a mother that was totally devoted to her large family trying to protect them you know from the evils of the world and yet the internet of course was in their home and um, her son began molesting his young her oldest son began molesting his younger brothers and sisters and all of this was fueled by pornography. And um, he ended up having to be prosecuted and uh, and taken out of the home. And there was just some sad, sad things that happened as a result of that. He, uh, years later, I actually sat down with him and talked with him and he said that he was put in a program with other young males that were offending on other children. And he said, every single one of them started doing this, not because they had a hands-on perpetrator, but that because porn was the Mm. perpetrator so that they had uh, started doing this as a result of pornography. So there are many reasons why we need to be concerned about this. Um, I'll just, if I could just say that there's been studies that parents underestimate the negative impacts and the negative influences online there's several studies one of them was one of the more recent ones was done in the the uk and it showed that there was this naivete gap of like double so for example 25 percent of parents believed their kids had been exposed to pornography when actually it was 53 percent wow yeah and if you if you look at like gender Um, This was to me like shocking. Well, actually, I kind of knew that this was happening, but 17%, only 17% thought daughters, their daughters had seen porn Mm -hmm. when it was really 58%. Goodness sake. So we, we need to close that naivete gap, realize that good kids are curious. And like you said, your son popped back on really quick because we, we are humans, And biologically, you know, we love novelty and we are curious and kids are curious and they're not bad if they get into porn. They're just curious. What we need to do as a society is protect them better. But until we can get better laws uh, and shut some of these, uh, some of this, protect them better, you know, as far as exposure, we need to protect them by educating them and, and helping them know what to do.
0: Well, absolutely, and I want to throw out just because I don't want it to be a stumbling block for anyone. When I noted early on that we have been largely free of this, it's it's largely free of it. We have not been scot free of it, and you know, (laughs) after my son tripped and fell into that cesspool of yuck, we we removed all internet access for, for a while from him. And, and because we would find that because there is that curiosity, he tended to, to, you know, try to, to seek it out again. Um, and so there was, there were things that we put in place and there have been things through the years that as we've seen, um, you know, in, in history or in view, you know, whatever, we've seen indications that there are issues, Um, You know, you you really start acting on those quickly and and not just removing the the um, the ability to get to it, but also, like you noted before, really doing some education, helping them have a foundation to stand on that will let them as they get older. And now my boys are 21 and 19. Where they have a foundation to make wise decisions day in and day out based on what they know to be true, what they know to be wise, not based on a filter because a filter is not going to do me any good with a nineteen and twenty one year old boy or my <laughs> right. or my seventeen and fourteen year old girls, quite frankly, they can all get around them if they want to.
1: yep and and a filter is not going to educate and impact and went over the heart and mind and soul of your children. Exactly. Filter is hopefully a fence or a wall, but it's not going to convince them to do, to make a good decision when they are confronted with, you know, a very tantalizing exposure. Um, So that's why we need to educate them. That's why we need to begin talking to them from an early age and i i love to say hashtag you know sooner is safer hmm. sooner is safer because as soon as any child has access to an internet connected device and most 3 year olds seem to be on iPads yeah. um as soon as you have it that child has any access they deserve to be warned to be given a gentle warning and a plan so uh, Good pictures, bad pictures. Both books. Uh, the junior book is for kids ages like three to six, three to seven, and the and the uh, my original book, um, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures: Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids, is for seven to eleven. Um, although I've had therapists say that they use this book for their adult clients who have become addicted because it so clearly explains the addiction process, but. I'll just say every child needs three things, three things to to begin being able to turn away from pornography and make that decision. And the first thing is they need to have a definition of what pornography is. I have heard of kids say, I I went to this talk at my church and they talked about pornography and I didn't even know what they were talking about. Um. We as parents sometimes assume that our kids know these words when they really don't. So a definition, a simple age-appropriate definition. Two, they need to understand that pornography is harmful and the different ways that it can harm them. Um, For example, it can become an addiction that is difficult to break free of. And we'll control them. And most kids don't like to be controlled. So <laughs> that would be a good way to, to talk about it. And third, just their, you know the ways, uh, you know, addiction, but also the way uh, pornography teaches you to objectify and be mean to people and see them, you know, in a very dehumanized way. So a definition, a warning, and then finally a plan. Number three is a plan what to do, exactly what to do when they see or are exposed to pornography and they can become exposed to pornography in so many different ways. But in Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, Junior, we talk about the turn, run and tell plan. And then in the, um, the older book, book for older kids, we have the can-do plan, which teaches children not only what to do when they see uh, pornography, But what to do when they remember pornography, when those memories, shocking memories come back into their minds, because if they don't know how to deal with that, it would be much easier for them to be lured back into seeking um, that that kind of material. And so it's a formidable enemy, pornography is, and we need every tool in our tool belt (laughs) to fight it.
0: No question, and that is that um, kind of rewiring of your mind. The once you see it, you can't forget it. We we literally saw that for you know for a while until uh, until my son was really had the um, the grounding the the uh, it, it, uh, intestinal fortitude. I don't know the mental capacity to really really urgently fight it. Um, yeah, because it is it is such a shocking thing that it's almost like a an old circus sideshow you know where you just you just want to see it it's like you're watching a train wreck or so you know you just kind of want to see it um and it's sure. it really has an a profound impact that i would have never ever imagined and i i most definitely fell into that naive we had mentioned it but we certainly hadn't had a strategic deep, meaningful conversation about it to the to the level that we needed to. Um so can you can you give us just a little bit of insight as to what those conversations you gave us kind of the three points, but I, I imagine that there are parents out there that have young ones or middle ones or older ones and they're just thinking what what is you know an appropriate way to to talk to my child about this. I don't even like to say the word. So how am I supposed to (laughs) talk to it
1: with my little ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, that's a great question. And I totally understand. I felt the same way before I feel like I um, was called to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even like to think about that word. I didn't Ooh, 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 right. And um, however, it's so important for parents to get comfortable with this. So I would say the first thing is go to protectyoungminds.org and go to our prepare and prevent page and and download the guide that we have there that kind of is the, the quick start guide. Educate yourself. Hmm. And if you need to you know, have a mock interview or a mock uh, discussion with somebody to just practice. If you need to just practice saying the word pornography, often when I speak, I will basically, you know, get the whole audience to say the word with me. Once we can say that word out loud and not fear and tremble, um, we have power. We have more power over it. As long as it's freaking us out and keeping us silent, then Pornography has power over us and our kids. So we need to bring it out into the light um, so that we can talk about it. You know, pornography is shameful, but talking about it is not shameful. It's protective. Yeah. Um, so I I uh, that is, you know, a big part. Now, um, so when I, and that again, that's why I wrote the books, because we're very used to using books to read to our kids. A book has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? So you yeah. you begin it, you have the middle and you have the end, and it's it's helpful. But as far as starting conversations with children, um you know, the way I do it in the book is I start by saying, here are some examples of good pictures, right? Here are some examples of good pictures. But did you know there's also pictures that are bad for you. They're like picture poison right They're they're harmful and um again just giving a very age-appropriate definition of what we're talking about is very empowering to children so they can recognize it because if and the fact that you've started the conversation is giving them permission to talk to you about it so many children see this kind of stuff and never tell anyone right And we've, I've seen studies about that. Um, So giving kids, uh, you know, there was a a mom, she posted on Facebook how her, she read good pictures, bad pictures to her son, who was nine years old. He went to school. Another classmate had a smartphone um, and showed him pornography Hmm. on the playground. And um, this child, uh, this little boy went home to his mom He told her what had happened. And he said, I was scared, but I knew what to do. Wow.
0: Well, if if we start the conversation, if we are the ones who are actually giving them the information, then we get to control the narrative too. We get to, to be the one. They're not learning about it on the, you know, cold cocked on the playground. We are, we are the ones we're, we're like, I think you used the word empowering earlier, but we, it really is when they are getting that information from someone they trust and that they know, then it is very empowering because they know what to do with it.
1: Right. And children, no child deserves to face the porn industry alone. Yeah. And we need to, even if it's uncomfortable, we need to open up. This is a very real danger for our children And, and it's really our duty to, to warn them, to give them some basic tools so that they have the the real choice. Mm. I firmly believe that when we have knowledge, we have greater choices. You know, we have greater ability to use um, our freedom of agency and choice. Uh, But when we are left in ignorance then um, we are vulnerable yeah. so children may uh children especially young children if you teach them what to do most of them will do it especially if you are the first one that gets in there but even if you're not still you know begin those conversations and have them regularly uh, some some parents have a Uh, talk, uh, let's see, a talk tech Tuesday or Tuesday talk, whatever, (laughs) something something about talking about and And, um, so, you know, find some regular, and also if you're feeling uncomfortable talking about these things, again, um, side by side, you know, in a, in a car or side by side with a book or, you know, or doing it Having these conversations when your child can focus on you know, building Legos or you know, whipping up a batch of cookies or something so that it's not like face-to-face, okay, we're going to have this talk and yeah. know, I'm going to look in your no, eyes sure. and you're going to look in mine. We can do it. There are some ways we can make it more comfortable.
0: Well, what would you say to parents? Because I, as, I, as you were talking through that, I was like, I know there are people out there that are like, if I have this conversation they don't know about it yet. I'm just going to plant the seed and they're going to get super curious about it. Um, so, and, and, and I can see that point of view. I really can. Cause I think that's probably part of what held me back to be honest. Um, sure. but what would you say to those that think if I actually bring it up and they think the same thing about talking about sex and everything else, honestly, but if, if I bring it up, I'm actually just kind of planting the seed and they're going to be so much more curious. And am I doing more harm than good by having this conversation?
1: that I get that question all the time. And that is, is like you said, very understandable to fear. First of all, especially moms, like we will feel guilty about anything, right? Like mom guilt. It's a real thing. If we can feel guilty about it, we're going to feel guilty about it. (laughs) So I get that. However, this is the reality. The reality is that we live in a world where it's like there's Porn pollution, right? Like air pollution, you can't you you can't really control the exposure. But what you can do is prepare your child. Now, this specific idea of well, I'll make them curious. Curiosity is a child is curious. Um, now, if you lived in a world where you could say, okay, I have a crystal ball. And um, I know that my child is going to be exposed to pornography, you know, on this particular date. So back it up a couple of weeks. That's when I'll start the conversation. You're
0: safe at but that, that don't. point, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, we have no idea. And I can't tell you how many people I have talked to who's, who who got into porn, got addicted, parents never knew and were shocked when the person in their 30s went to their parent and told them it's it's one of those things that's it's fairly easy to hide if you're a little bit tech tech savvy. So these are the two choices you have, Leslie. One, you can cross your fingers and hope that your kid will not see porn until, you know, the day after or the week after you begin talking to them about it. Right. And warning them. Uh, That's, that's one, that's one plan. That's the cross your fingers plan. And then there's the protect young minds plan, which is, um, knowing that this is a possibility and knowing that you're empowering your child, helping them to be resilient and screen smart from a young age when they are on, when they're on screens. So I believe that's the more empowering That is not a, that is not fear-based. Leslie, you probably would agree with me. And I think all of your listeners is that making decisions out of fear Mm -hmm. is usually not the best reason to make a decision. Making decisions out of proactive protection, um, that is actually a much better way. And we teach our children, and I know your audience is homeschoolers. I did homeschooling myself, and I loved it. Um, but we teach them a lot of things, and and we do that because we want to launch them and empower them to have you know rich and full lives. And I will tell you, there is nothing that's going to steal your child's ability to have a rich, full life and a wonderful marriage um, in the future than pornography. Hmm. So take the the risk, I think, is so much greater on the other side, the the cross your fingers, you know, than it is on, you know, the, yes, my kid is curious, absolutely. But if I start and open up this conversation, And explain to them all the reasons and then persuade them over and over again. And as they get older, persuade them with more and better arguments, stronger arguments. And we talk a lot about that on Protect Young Minds um, to just continue those conversations. And you mentioned about like being uncomfortable about talking about sex. Could I just talk a little bit about that? Sure. Would you mind, Leslie? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. I did a study with 10 people in depth interviews with 10 people who identified themselves as having a problem with pornography, a, a porn addiction or being in recovery from a porn addiction. They had all different kinds of reasons for accessing pornography. There were some that, um, there, there were a lot of actually different reasons why kids use porn, mm-hmm. um, but the one thing they all had in common is that none of their parents had talked to them about sex. Really? And in fact, the ones that, so when our kids are uneducated, uninformed at a young age, um, they are vulnerable. They are vulnerable. As if we can get over our discomfort, be open with them about sex. Now you can read good pictures, bad pictures, uh, well before you have the sex talk. It was designed because I feel like pornography is actually, you know, can get to kids very, very young, even before they start to wonder, you know, where babies come from. Yeah. Um, but I, I would just say that when you talk about sex, um. It's so important to do it in a positive way and to really come up with your own and I have an article on on this on uh, protect our minds about sexual integrity. your definition of sexual integrity and how you know we should use our sexual power basically, how we should engage uh, our sexual power with other people and how we should be careful not just a bunch of rules but why reasons yeah. why. Kids want to know why, and um, we need to parent, not through rules and policies, although rules are important, but but also give them reasons and help them understand all the ways that pornography can ruin their sex life. Because I think, Leslie, you probably want your kids to grow up and have a wonderful sex life with their spouse. And, and um, happy, I yeah,
0: happy, un- happy, uninhibited marriage. That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, we just um, a couple of weeks ago within our uh, Teach Them Diligently three sixty five members group, we did a a live real moms type mentoring chat about r- ultimately sex and marriage, and it was very fascinating how how harmful the discussion about sex or lack thereof when some of these some people were young um a lot of us actually were young the lack of information the lack of discussion the everything is bad how that has impacted marriages and how hard of a thing that is to overcome within your own marriage when god says that the bed is undefiled you know we we have freedom in marriage and it's a beautiful thing it was god's idea and yet because of a lack of information or just everything is bad that that comes into marriage with them. And so to equip our kids to have a fulfilling, happy marriage that is, you know, not going to make them go looking for other, you know, there's a whole lot of that's a whole nother discussion. But, but we <laughs> yes. really are doing our children a great disservice by not equipping them to ultimately lead the life that God has available for them within the confines of marriage.
1: Absolutely. And really, um, if if you don't talk to your kids about sex from an early age, guess who will? I mean, yeah. the internet, Google, uh, their friends—they will—they will get that information and they will start to think. You know what? I see my parents. You know, Google everything. I see my parents ask Siri or Alexa or whatever. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's just the way I should do it. If I want information about sex, I'm just going to go to the internet and. It's a lot less, especially if your parents aren't coming and talking to you about it, but you get this feeling and there's all these cues coming in at you uh, from your environment that there's something called sex or there's something that adults do and you need to find out. And it's very easy to find out on the internet and it's not embarrassing. It's, I mean, it may be embarrassing, but you're not having to talk with It's anonymous. Yeah. So why not? I mean, I talk about it like kids hire porn to do a job for them Mm. and the jobs that they hire porn to do. There's several different ones. I've actually getting a paper um, prepared right now, you know, why kids hire porn. And, but we, if we can give them healthier ways Right. Healthier things to hire than porn, meaning we can have discussions with them about sex. We can we can say, you know, sex is awesome. It's good. It it, it helps us bond together. It helps us create a family. It it's a wonderful thing. It's just that, you know, it's it's wonderful within these confines or within, you know, this situation. Right. And you can teach your values about it, um, because I absolutely think you're right. If you if you teach your child sex is bad, and then oh, boom, when you get married, now sex is good. It's very difficult to ship make that shift, and you're right; it is harmful to to marriages. So we can talk about sex being good. The thing is, is that if you don't talk to your kids about sex, the internet will, their friends will, and it needs to be younger. We have an article, um, seven things every seven-year-old should know about love and sex on uh protect young minds. And it's just so important that we begin those conversations because the porn industry will rob your child's sexual template yeah. Yeah. and teach them a perverted and toxic view of of sex. Um, and you don't want that right you really don't
0: absolutely well we are we are running low on time but i i want to <laughs> ask you kind of one more question it, it, it's a loaded it's it's a multi-part question um but how and and you've given us a lot of this but one of the questions that i i wonder if we haven't left a little bit unanswered is how we take those you know we we've got the principles for the little ones and how we explain it. how do we grow that conversation up and you know how what's kind of a maturing conversation as they get older because we can't just leave it there uh just like with anything in parenting stuff is black and white and then it's gray and then you know you've got to kind of grow with your kids and give them more information and help them learn to think for themselves that's part of our call here um, but also as you're answering that, let us know, you've, you've referenced, uh, referenced a lot of your articles, you've referenced your books. Tell us a little bit more about that. I'm going to link to all of your resources in the show notes. Um, but, but I'm, I'm pretty confident that, that you've got resources and, and you, you really lay out how to grow that conversation up. So I wanted you to tell us a little bit about that and what resources you have for it.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. Um, so you can start with uh, little children, a simple definition, a simple, you know, plan, a simple warning. As they get a little older, you dive more into addiction and how it is dehumanizing. Um, and as they get a little older and we're talking to them, um, especially as they get to be 10 years old, 11 years old, they should know about sex. You should have been taught. I mean, that is ideal, right? Yeah. And you need to teach them the difference between healthy sex and porn sex. And we have a really great article on that um, teaching kids about the difference. And if they can see clearly the difference between healthy sex and that porn sex is the exact opposite, right. then again, it's one more reason um, to reject it. And they need a lot of reasons. The poll, it's, it's become so normalized. Uh, the poll is so great. Um, it's so important for our kids to have these, you know, arguments. And then as we get, as they get older, you can talk to them even about, um, how it physically affects people, especially men are, it's, it's becoming very well known that men who use pornography, um, have erectile dysfunction issues, um, and, and. It can affect you physiologically. Um, it promotes, you know, risky sexual behavior and it fuels sex trafficking. So as a child gets a little older, talking to them about the consequences of pornography and the porn industry and the, the horrible ways that um, it's hurting, you know, it doesn't just hurt ourselves and our brain, but it hurts our relationships and our future relationships, and then it hurts the world. And if we can talk to them about those things and really what we, one of the exciting new resources we have at Protecting Minds is a curriculum that is called brain defense, digital safety. And we pack this curriculum with not only, you know, healthy tech habits, um, Good digital citizenship practices, um, safety, but we go through the, the can do plan, we go through all of this about pornography, and really there just aren't very many options out there. People don't want to talk about it, right? But we have taken this on and used a lot of what we have from the book in in this course. It is um, and all everything we've done in this course is backed up not only by Studies, but by prevention science, and this is a real growing area of social science. Is what actually helps kids be, um, you know, less at risk for risky behaviors, less vulnerable to those. And uh, one of the things that we've used is having older teens talk to them to younger kids. So this, this is for like kids. I don't know, eight, nine to 11, 12 um, years old. So like third through sixth grade. And um, it is video based. There's a workbook, you know, everything you would expect in a curriculum. Um, But it teaches in a fun, entertaining way. Mm -hmm. And um, these kids that deliver the content, we call them the brain gang. And um, anyway, you can learn more about that at braindefense.org. I hope you'll check it out. I know homeschoolers are very passionate about curriculum and getting that help. I would just say, parents, like, use every tool you can. Don't underestimate this enemy. Don't be afraid, but be proactive. And um, this tool to uh, Brain Defense Digital Safety was developed three years of development and also um, tested and piloted in schools um, and with families. And we feel like it's a really, really powerful influence on children because they can hear it from adults, but when they hear it and see it from other children, basically at older peers... It's just another like it's very powerful uh, to them and to their young minds to to protect their young minds.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today.
1: Oh, Leslie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on with you.
0: Well, you are welcome. I hope for everyone else that is out there that this has been a real challenge to you um, and an encouragement as well, that there are resources out there to help you, that these are conversations that are worth having, that you need to be proactive in preparing your children for battles that are absolutely sure to come their way. Um, These temptations, these these. Just uh, these types of things are going to be or your children will be confronted with them. So let's all just vow together that we're going to prepare our kids to be able to handle those things when they come to have a solid foundation to make decisions that are wise and, and hopeful that they'll have a battle plan both when they're very young and when they're older um, and that we will be the ones that are being super intentional with the way that we talk to our kids so I'm going to give you all kinds of resources in the show notes today so make sure you check those out go visit with Kristen over on Protect Young Minds um, check out her books these are resources that you are going to be glad you had So I hope that you guys all have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help.